What is going on, Cigar Club family? Welcome to another episode here on the Cigar Club podcast. I am so excited uh, to have our good friend Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars on the podcast today. Mickey, welcome. Uh, looks like it's not too shabby where you are today. Now we're uh, here at the All Saints compound in Avalon, New Jersey. Uh, resting a little bit, spent a little bit of family time, getting caught up from the show, and uh, you know, getting ready for the second half of the year. And uh, before I hit the road again and go out for two and three weeks at a time, so it's uh, wow, which is all exciting. So totally. So you you're by the show. You're meaning the PCA trade show that was last weekend. Uh, tell me. Right. A- Give can we get a little insight on that for for those uh, listening that have never been to a trade show or know much about the PCA trade show? What right. is it about, and how uh, did you launch a new product there? How was your show um, as All Saints Cigars? Yeah. So politics aside, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously there's politics a aside. Of, uh, <laughs> there's a little there's a little, some chit chat. Uh, we didn't get caught up in it, thank God, but. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a, it, it's a trade show, and I think somebody said last night I was following you know some updates, and they said that it should be an event trade show, or you know let's get event back in there because a lot of people thought I heard that some of the booths were underwhelming. Obviously, the big four weren't there, and all those pieces. Yep. Uh, but two things: what was exciting for me is my first official show back with, with a business card. Um, and the other thing was that it's the first show since, since you know, the lockdown that, that went on. And for us, we started this project in 2017. Wow. And we were really excited for the show. And I've been going to shows for a long time. I got the business in 1989, but um, as a part-time sales associate in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown Tobacco when I was a junior in college, but for us, it's uh, it, it was really exciting, and uh, it not just did not meet our expectations. It blew right through it. Mm. So uh, everything from uh, guys like you and I know that we were friends a little bit longer, and we have other projects that we that uh, that we worked on, and uh, the last one, and then we got some that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's just meeting a lot of new friends and getting introduced to my new friends from my old friends in the industry yeah. when I did it before. So for us, it was really exciting. Feedback I heard from a lot of people is they were really excited for the show, uh, and they it exceeded their expectations as well for a lot of people. Well, that's good, so, and that's what it's about, right? Connecting with those new people that you haven't met, building those relationships. I mean, even on a very small scale with TPE, where we uh, first really met and connected back in right. May – I always love those shows for that meeting those new brands. You know, we spend a lot of time talking with the brands that we work with and visiting them wherever they're located. But there's nothing like meeting a new brand face to face, shaking hands, tasting product, talking, really cutting even past just, hey, we'd like to put an order in and getting to know somebody. Um, so I always found that so fascinating with with trade shows when you can take time to actually sit and, and chat and hang out and get to know each other. Uh, a lot of stuff happens from those conversations. Um, so I always oh, absolutely. I, I, I love going to those. I love being in person in a lot of events. Uh, you just you can't beat that, uh, you know, grabbing a cigar, grabbing a drink, grabbing dinner um, with a lot of these amazing right. brands. But um, that's one that face to face is one of the reasons that attracted me to the business years ago. And yep. for me to have my own brand 
now is just amazing. Uh, so it's, uh, and again, it's that face-to-face, that excitement. I like to travel. I like hearing new stories. I like telling my story. Yep. Um, and I might steal part of your story and put it, wrap it into my story. I'm not afraid to do that. Uh, don't like the facts get in the way of a good story. But uh, no, it's it's just it's just something we're really excited about. Yeah. So. And uh, all right, before we dive into any good good questions or a little bit about you and All Saints and in, in your history in this industry, which goes goes back right. well beyond the beginning of All Saints, tell me what you're smoking. And uh, and I I've got something cool too. I am actually smoking our dedication commandant, which is a Toro size, uh, and it's made in the Tavacusa factory. Uh, and this was a blend that I had worked on years ago. Didn't pass mustard when I was on that blending team, and uh, I'm glad it didn't because it's uh, the response has been tremendous. Uh, with a San Andres wrapper from the Tarant family in, uh, in Mexico, and um, filler and binder or Nicaraguan. Wow. And I've got um, one that everybody watching is very familiar with because it was just featured in the Cigar Club box, but the Solamente. Smoke them while you got them. Smoke them while you got them, huh? So, that was what, so this was your first cigar, though, right, that you brought to market? Yeah. It, you know, somebody was trying to say, oh, it was lost and found. And I go, no, it was forgotten and then, oh, shit, uh, basically. That was a blend <laughs> that we started on. We started on 2017. And my game plan was to be down the factories in 18. So the political climate uh, wasn't good to be down there. So I go down to 19, finally go down to 19, and we finished four blends. Um, this is the first of the four. And Amica, or Milcar Perez, as most people know him, and that's Rocky's partner in the factory down there, said, kept saying, Solamente, Solamente, these 15,000 cigars. Uh, the five by 58, we didn't get everything done because everything it was, came to a hard stop in 2018. Got it. And uh, he kept saying Solamente. So I, I, I'm texting, I'm down in the factories and I'm texting uh, my partner, Frank Leo. And I'm like, trade, try to trademark that. I don't know if you can because <laughs> Solamente means only in Spanish. Right. right. And Nimish was with me and he started laughing. He goes, Oh, I'm glad you did because I was going to try to steal it. I'm like, take the name. I could care less. Um, the funny thing is, it's not a Puro. That's the first question I get. Uh, we were just so excited to get a name, get it trademarked, get it out there. That cigar has um, the Habano wrapper from Ecuador on it. and Which is just a beautiful wrapper, by the way. Yeah. You know, I love it. 5 by 58 gets a little bit outside my smoke ring gauge, but it, that thing is just so delicious. And we're almost out of them. And I think your guys uh, got the last batch. Sweet. Uh, there's a couple that I promised to reserve for the people that helped me on the early start during COVID. Obviously, I didn't have a trade show, and I still traveled uh, in the D.C., like Northern Virginia to Philadelphia area. Cool. Well, to hold on to them for a little bit. But they're basically they're, they're all spoken for or, or out the door. Matter of fact, I got to make sure that I have archived a couple. And by the way, people that put down cigars forever, smoke them. Smoke them if you got they them. Age out. They age out. Yep. Don't, don't get to These things already accidentally have been aged for like three years, three plus years and, from and, the time they were finished. And this cigar, um, I think this is the largest ring gauge we've shipped in probably the past year. We generally cap it around a 54. But when we smoked right. this cigar, that all went right. out the window because it has everything. It's complex. It's rich. 
it, you taste a lot of that Nicaraguan tobacco that's in it. And right. um, so far, the feedback that we've got on this cigar has been amazing. And I know we've already started talking about the next project we're going to put in the box and the next one and the next one. Right. And um, something I love to do is not only are we going to introduce Cigar Club to new brands, um, but also to new people. And that's why I think this podcast is such a great outlet to have you on, to hear about you and your story. Uh, so that way, when people are smoking these cigars, they they can put a face to them, right? And they know the person who's behind this. Um, so Mickey, can you tell us a little bit about your start in this industry um, leading up to All Saints? Sure. You got an hour? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, unfortunately, well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes when you ask me a question, I build you a watch. Uh, <laughs> or ask me what time it is, I build you a watch. Um, no, so uh, what happened was my junior year, I, li- I liked cigars. I smoked them. But remind me to tell you a Cincinnati story. Yep, I got so, it written down here. Because that, that's something I found out after I got in the industry. Um, so I used to, uh, I interned for a U.S. Senator on Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. And if you did a good job, you didn't have to pay interns back then. Now you have to. But you don't care if you get paid because you were trying to get your resume ready to get, when you got out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, they, people want to see your trajectory and, and that you have something that you've done something besides just go to college. I was fortunate enough to play sports and be involved uh, with student government and all that other stuff at, at Catholic University where I went. But anyway, so I, uh, what he would do is give me a fistful of cash. We didn't have Ubers. We didn't have Venmo. And you took that cash, and he literally went down to Georgetown Tobacco. You picked up cigars for the senator, and that money was to pay for your cab ride there, cab ride back, and the cigars. And there was always a couple bucks left over, and that was for you to keep. Now, when you brought the cigars back uh, for the senator, uh, if somebody didn't show up that he was going to have in the room to have you know a meeting or whatever, uh, you got to sit in. And there was a couple times where – I got to sit in, and he was on the phone with the president of the United States. I think it was NAFTA at the time, and they were trying to get that vote. You know, wow. and a lot of senators were: Do I vote for my constituents or on behalf of them? Right. Meaning, do I think for them or do I give them what they want? You know, on that. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, I'm a junior in college, and I'm sitting there <laughs> in this office, the president on speakerphone, smoking a cigar, and I'm like. This is pretty cool. So, but uh, who is the pre- who is was, the president at the time? Uh, that was uh, that was Bush. Cool, Bush Senior. Senior. Okay. And um, so, fast forward, I was popping into Georgetown Tobacco so much, and I was actually going in and buying my own cigars at this point. Um, they offered me a job, and I, of course, you know, and it was part time. You got some free cigars. You paid wholesale for the ones that the extra ones, and I never, I didn't collect a paycheck for a couple of years just because all my money was going back into the cigars. Yep. You had, we had a, a timesheet, and you'd write them on the back of the timesheet, and that's where I got my start. And that's, um, and then that, that's where it morphed. And from there, uh, I was trying, to, I was chasing, I was going to go to Wall Street, didn't do that, uh, basically because I didn't get a job. <laughs> and I was working on Capitol Hill in various jobs where you got like these paid staff assistant jobs, which was actually really good money, but they'd only guarantee you for nine months. And then, you know, they tell you, you got three months before you're off the payroll, go find another job. 
And then if you got appointed with somebody, you're only as good as the elected official that you were working for. So I did stuff. I did advance for the White House, did a lot of really cool stuff. Finally, I fell in love with my wife. and I'm like, I've got to get a job that I know that the paycheck's going to keep coming in. And I got offered uh, to go work for Davidoff as an area cool. sales manager. And I ended up covering uh, Maryland down to South Carolina because footprints were big back then. And they were going from a broker to a direct sales force. So this is how this, this industry has really kind of morphed over the last 30 years. Um, and from there, uh, I did had a little stint with Fleet Gregorio. Uh, and it was just, we just had, by the time everything got on paper, we had a different approach to what, how I thought the range should grow. Uh, and he was focusing on a different direction with his, his, his content his, and his customers. And that was me and Philip parted ways. That was great. And I had an opportunity to go to CAO. Cool. And I uh, started out as VP of sales or no, I'm sorry, I'm national sales manager. And then be, and then got on the blending team with uh, Tim uh, Oskiner and uh, John Huber, who's now with Crown Heads. And um, then I was VP of sales. And then they sold to Scandinavian Tobacco, STG. They sold to them a year later. They rolled it into general and moved everything from Nashville, Tennessee to Richmond. And I was the first to go. So, and then within one year, everybody else was gone in leadership. A couple of sales guys that I had hired stayed on for a while. Uh, like uh, Ed Trevino is now with Crown Heads. Uh, and a couple of guys have gone on to other places. Barry Bennett went on to um, Creek Tech, Phillips and King. And I think he's, now he's back with General. I didn't have a chance to catch up with him. Uh, and, and, and I panicked, to be honest with you. And I had started my uh, getting my master's doing a weekend program at the University of Pennsylvania. So casual. I said to my wife, well, yeah, I go, we're moving back to Philadelphia because <laughs> I moved my whole family to Nashville. Okay. And I got a job in the financial world and basically sold mutual funds via retirement plans uh, to uh, business owners for a company called Lincoln, Lincoln Financial. So I spent a whole year getting all my licenses, uh, studying, studying the markets, everything. And when I hit the streets finally a year later, wholesaling, selling mutual funds is like selling cigars. It's, it's so funny. Uh, you know, when I sold mutual funds, people ask me about cigars. <laughs> now I sell cigars. And uh, now, they're, um, now they're asking me about mutual funds, you know, in the market. That's so funny. <laughs> from there, what happened? Yeah, so, um, and I panicked. And so, you know, at that point, it was, uh, uh, I, it was very good to me, extremely good. Uh, but it got to a point where needed to, I couldn't, if I'm going to work these long hours, I'm going to do something I love. So Frank Leo, my partner and another guy, Martin Corboy, uh, were talking to me about, um, about a thing where, you know, about doing this right after I got out. But I'll be honest with you, like Churchill calls it the black dog. Uh, it, it chased me. I didn't smoke a cigar for a year. I mean, that whole time like, I put it, I packed up everything. No cigars. I was, I was, I Why was that? Saw Why was that? I was I was depressed. I mean, yeah. it was like I was in an industry and I was with a company uh, I never thought would sell. Yeah. Um, but textbook they sold. Right. You know? and, <laughs> right. And I have nothing against Scandinavian tobacco. It, it was. It just caught me. I I didn't think. Matter of fact, my youngest daughter was born in Nashville. We brought her back to Philadelphia. She was born November second, and I said to my wife, I said, "Tell tell your family." We're not going to make it for Christmas this year, but we're going to make it for Thanksgiving. 
because I wanted her to be baptized in the same place that her sisters were baptized. I have three daughters. Yep. Um, which, that's a whole other story. But, <laughs> hell yeah, I love them. Great. And, um, you know, so, you know, that was part of the part of the thing and came back. And uh, so, yeah, the story is I was caught off guard, got it. And I didn't really, I didn't smoke a scar, packed everything up. Uh, and people are coming to me, hey, Mickey, you know, you know the factories, you know the people, you know the suppliers, you know the vendors, you have relationships, you know the margins, you know cogs, cost of goods, yep. all these particular things. And I just couldn't, I couldn't think of a concept. I couldn't think of a blend. And uh, around 2016, I started getting my old notes out, started getting fired, fired up, smoking. And yep. my friends were all, like John would send me stuff, Rocky would send me stuff. I, I didn't really have to, have to pay for a cigar. Um, and I'm like, and it, then people started helping, ask me to help with events. And that's just like, I got to, I got to get back. I have to get back. I have to the get itch back. came and back. Then, yeah, it came back and uh, it never left. It just, I scratched it a little too hard. That was it. The wound was open and let's go. Yep. So I am just so ecstatic to be back. And it's, um, uh, we got a lot of runway left, but we, we, we've covered a lot of ground considering that, were a brand that launched uh, technically the only container that came in on time was February 2020. Seriously, that was the first container. It was the first one. You I gotta yeah. be kidding! Well, the Solmentis came in. Um, they were supposed to be in in October of 19 or November of 19, and um, and we I really wanted to do a mini press release on All Saints Day, which is no, always November 1st. Uh, they didn't get in time, and I was just going to go to a handful of my old uh, retailer friends and say, hey, please, carry my cigar. I'll be in to help sell it, get it back out the door. we got to get our feet wet, figure out our invoicing, all, all yep. these other type of things. It just didn't really get in in time, and I was able to get on a couple shelves, got to about 20 accounts. Uh, and then February, this container comes in. March 17th, St. Patty's Day, one of our favorite saints, if not our favorite. <laughs> we thought it'd be a great day to do a press release, and then obviously, you know, what happened from there. Wow. So what we what a way to stagnant. start. Yeah. And we went stagnant, uh, not stagnant, but like a, a hot hold for about 60 days. The good news is uh, all the capital that we had out there was in our tobacco. Yep. So... It was, stuff was aging anyway, so there's others. So we weren't really overspent on that. Um, and then from there, it was I just went out on the road and just got COVID testing. I tell the story with my first COVID test cost fifty eight dollars. My last one was one hundred fifty <laughs> because they just they kept climbing. You know that supply and demand was there. Uh, and what I did for those two months because I got into the Philly area because I live in Havertown, right outside of Philadelphia. Um, what happened there was. My friends were calling and saying, hey, Mickey, I want a box of your cigars. And I said, okay. And I would deliver them. I got, I need your credit. No, can I give you cash? I'm like, no, no, give me your credit card number. And what I would do was run the invoices through the closest retailer. And then call that retailer. Nice. I would deliver it. Call that retailer. They would run the credit card. The funny thing was Dave Mayer at Wooden Indian, who was like a half a mile from my house, goes, are you going to invoice me? And I'm like, can we get through a week of my deliveries? I'm not going to invoice. Can I give you one invoice instead of 12? He goes, okay, but I already got my money. I don't want you. I know you're starting your business. I go, Dave, you're a sweetheart, but you're going to clog the system. Let me, just let me invoice you like once a week or something like that. So that was great. Everybody was supportive. Uh, wow. It's the hyper local 
hyper guerrilla marketing. And then I just got on the road and went and we got to about 120 accounts. So about maybe 130, 140 stores. Um, and then now we're like at 150, maybe 175. I was on the phone with Frank just before you could talk about, uh, when we talk offline about the next project. Yep. And, um, he, he, he goes, I'll have the final numbers over here. We're still, he's still logging the stuff in awesome. and all those pieces. So, man, and um, that's a quick, uh, yeah. no, that's a great timeline. No, because I think it, it's so important to see like people's journey in cigars to how they go to open and launch their own brand because there's always, right. there's always the pieces of their story that make it make so much sense. Right. Um, talk a little bit about, and we can tell a story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was. I want to know um, the details of the factory that you work with, which I don't. You can answer this, of course, but is this is uh, Tabicusa the only factory that you work with, and why there? What what was how was that decision? Was that just based off relationship, uh, past experience there? Did you interview a bunch of factories? I wish I could only tell you one story at a time, but it's <laughs> yeah, it, it's a combination of all those things. So. I'm basically everything I learned in, in grad school, throw it out the window. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, except when you get to the spreadsheets. Um, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm still Robbie Levine's old model of Ashton. One partner in Central America, one partner in DR. We don't have a partner in DR. Uh, and will we work at DR one day? Absolutely. That's where I cut my teeth. Yep. Uh, when I was at Davidoff, that's where I learned the high level, of, you know, blending in the whole process. You know, from the nursery to the finca to the barns to or shacks there, um, and one partner in Central America, and um, we we decided to go with Rocky, oh, because he let us decide to go with Rocky, um, and there's numerous reasons. Is one I've known Rocky his entire career, and he's known me my entire career. We've been friends. And we were road warriors together at the same time. And, you know, when you go into that, when you put the money together, it's like you got to have options. Yep. So I said to my partner, we got three options, but we're going to go see the first option first. He goes, who's that? He goes, Rocky Patel. So we go down there. We had 40 questions that we were going to ask. And probably knew all the answers to all of them. Yep. Uh, not all, but most of them. Uh, process, fermentation, you know, other, other things that are just boring. Um, I walk in and it's Rocky, Nish, Nimish, Mr. B, Dave Bullock, and, and Hamlet. Oh my God. And we sit in. They brought the, the whole brigade. The they brought the whole brigade out for you, huh? And any question you wanted, wow. you have the people in there that are going to answer it for you. Guess what? We never, got, we never got one question. We go in and Rocky's like, and Mr. B's like, Where's your contracts? All I want to see is send an NDA. I want to see your contracts. I want to see. I want to see your balance sheet. I want to see this. I want to see that. Your 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 plans and your how linear are you going to get? What your these things? For two hours, all we did is answer questions. It, it was like you thought I was trying to get in at membership at Augusta National or something. Oh, and um, <laughs> and he goes, Mickey, are you going to do like like you did with the other two companies? And I said, Yep. He goes. Okay, we're good. Let's go get something to eat. Done. <laughs> Frank is like, he's like, did we interview them or they interviewed yeah, us? Yeah, no kidding. And and I think if in my mind, and I, I don't think I've talked to Rocky, but I've told the story when Rocky's around uh, in this, but I, I think 
that they wanted to make sure that we were going to do what we said we we're going to do. Yeah. And for us, we have the advantage that these are my blends or our blends because Frank is starting to blend a little bit now. And that's one of the projects he uh, had at TPE and cool. the St. Francis. Uh, he's getting very savvy at it, and his palate, he knows what's good and what's not good. It's just it's doing a very good job. Uh, so we have the, we have access to their libraries uh, of tobaccos. We have uh, access to their top torsadors or, or rollers. Um, and they all construct a cigar the way I want to construct it. The other beautiful thing is is that you we get the ability if I start blending something, Gerber, uh, Castro, which is uh, Amika's cousin, or Hamlet will say, hey, listen, you're getting too close to something that's in that Rocky Patel family. Got it. So you have to shift gears. So that adds a little layer of complexity because we want to be able to be a standalone and have our own. So right. But we get have your own we, identity. We, get the quality of tobacco. We, we, we pay a good price for it. We don't pay the best price, but we also don't pay the worst price. There's got to be a little bit of margin in there for, sure. for those guys. Right? <laughs> totally. So, um, you know, for the Rocky family. And they've been nothing but supportive. And then we work with uh, Sammy uh, and Clay over at La Polina. Yep. They do our fulfillment. So oh, I didn't know that. We're, we're, yeah, we're skinny. We're, oh, we're, cool. Well, I'm not. <laughs> we're skinny. That makes two of us, Mickey. Uh, we uh, we actually just started doing a lot of work with La Polina. They've been great guys to work with. I didn't know they were yeah. doing all the fulfillment. Um Wow. So that's how you ended up at Rocky. Zero questions asked on your part. A hundred questions answered on your part. Correct. Huh? <laughs> Correct. Okay. I'm, I really need to know about Cincinnati. Cause you asked before we started the stream, where am I? I'm in our new office, which is downtown Cincinnati. And an old church actually is a space. It was built in the 1850s. Perfect place for all the saints. Perfect. Exactly. So you need to get your ass over here. We can smoke in here, hang out, shoot some more videos. Uh, but wh what's the Cincinnati connection? I'll be over there sooner than later. Uh, you know, Miguel Shodell. Uh, oh, yeah. He used to spend a lot of time. Yep. I, hired, lived there. I hired Miguel. Mm -hmm. And Miguel is just, he's such a wonderful guy. When he's I moved here, right Miguel right. was on the flight to Florida, moving to Florida. And okay. I was moving from Florida to Cincinnati. So you guys just swapped spots. We swapped. I'll tell you a funny story about Miguel. So basically, I found a lot of sales. I affectionately called them rhinos. Um, I got a lot of people that were around the industry were in it. I didn't get too many retreads, like somebody that came from another company. If I did, the company got bought out and a, a, a great, you know, representative was put out to pasture. My whole thing is within a month of being at CAO, you better know the blends, which is very easy. I'm just talking, you know, wrapper, binder, filler, yeah. know the shapes and know the MSRP at a certain point. Or I, I'd really climb up your ass if you, if you didn't know it. And the guys would tell you that. I interviewed Miguel because he was such a CAO fan and, and really loved Tim Osgener and all those guys. I interviewed him. I just said, let me just throw a dart at this, see what happens. He named every single one of our lines, the Fatolas, their shape, and their price. <laughs> His prices were all one because it was based on Ohio pricing. But I'm like, Holy shit. What? I'm like, you know, because usually after that, that was a field interview. And after that, you, you want to fly him in. So we ended up flying him in. And, and uh, he already, he, what he didn't know is he already had the job. Oh, my had to God. Go right. This guy's job. And we already kind of knew that because, you know, Tim had already kind of pointed out, you know, found him in that. So, but Cincinnati. So years after I get in the industry, uh, my, from my mom's side of the family, 
my mom's mom came over from Germany. Uh, and then my great, great, great grandfather or great, great grandfather, my mom's dad, Swartz, uh, Swartz without a T, Swartz, Swartz. Uh, came over. Swartz, yeah. The family's like, we're not Swartz, we're Swartz. Um, <laughs> whatever. But sure. they came in and my uncle found an old picture of a tobacco shop. And it had five cent cigars in the window. Uh, Swartz Tobacco that was in Cincinnati. Yeah. And I was alive when my great, great grandmother was alive. Uh, Grandma Stump, and she there's a street that's named after her. And so she she passed away when I was about she lived to be 105. Wow. So I think I was like um, I, four or five, whatever world. But they saw that somebody has in our family has a picture of the old water pump in the front yard. The whole street had indoor plumbing, which she would still go out to the front yard and uh, go pump her own water. So basically all my German side of the family emigrated to Cincinnati yep. and then went up to Michigan and then down to Florida. So, and, and where we are located is essentially in over the Rhine, which is where a lot of German immigrants right. moved and settled. And I drive by, I think, two places that still have either United Cigars or Havana Ray or something, cigars with the five-cent yep. logo, still on yep. the old brick buildings. I see them every single day. And I always think like that would be the ultimate place for us to move our office to. But the smoking laws are so chaotic here that if we're attached to anything, we right. can't smoke inside. So we went with a standalone place. But I drive by the, I know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe not the exact one, but I drive by two of them all the time. And I'm like, I never knew there well, was a history of cigars up. here. Well, here's the funny thing. I talk, so I go to Benji Menendez and I go, can you date this picture within a certain period? He goes, yeah, but it's it was. He could tell by other names that were in the window. He goes, it was well after the five cent cigar, and I go, well, uh, why was it still on there? He goes, this paint was so expensive, <laughs> nobody nobody took it off. They just so, left it. Um, they just left it. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, which was really interesting. No, totally. And then my uncle Jimmy uh, played football for the University of Cincinnati when they were a top twenty the Bearcats, so baby. The yeah, Bearcats. He, yeah, Nipper Stadium. Bearcat, Let's yeah. go. Um, yeah. Wow. I can't believe you're so connected to Cincy. I love this place. We just moved up here about two years ago, but it's been a really nice change from well, I need to spend more time there. growing up in South Florida. It's quite different. People, scenery, buildings, everything. So different. Um, I'm really curious, Mickey. I grew the, up in Daytona Beach, Florida. Who the what? Say that again. I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida. Oh, nice. I was in like north of Fort Lauderdale area. A uh, suburb of Fort Lauderdale, I guess you could say. What um, we obviously I've smoked a ton of Solomonte, and uh, I had I'm going to butcher this, dedication, dedication, dedication. Or a lot of people just call it dedication. We called it dedication. It, it, that was the first line I took to market, and really wanted to tell a story. Yeah. I love telling stories. Same as you can tell. Um, and every Vitola in there told a story. So. Dedication or dedication, dedication was to all the mentors in my life and all the people that really had an impact in my life. And I wanted to do it in Spanish simply as a nod to all the people in the fincas and the factories that work so hard, you mm -hmm. know, to bring this kind of creation to light. So our Berkey, which is our Robusto, is named after David Berkebile, who just turned 81 years old, 56 years in the business, Georgetown Tobacco, the guy crap. that hired me. The Toro is called Commandant, 
And it's because I did, I finished up high school at a place called Valley Forge Military Academy, uh, right outside of Philadelphia in Wayne, PA. Uh, and more importantly, my partner went to the Air Force Academy. He served our country. So it's a little nod. Wow. My, my commandant there had a big impact on me. And we got to get, we got to get Frank to tell his story, but he avoided his commandant. And he thinks that's why he was so, he never got in trouble. And that's why he was so successful in his, in his business acumen. And then, um, the huge is a six by 60 round. It's the only round that we have. Well, we have, we have one more. Um, cause I call everybody huge. So matter of fact, you'll see people either call me huge in the industry, huge or Hugo. Hugo, because when they go to text huge in a text, it auto corrects to Hugo. So that's just so stuck. You are Hugo. Yeah. And I got, I got <laughs> yeah. names from college, boarding school, whatever. And then um, our 7 by 48 our Churchill is uh, box press, is called Coach. That's a huge nod to my college football coach, uh, Fred O'Connor, had a tremendous impact on me in my life uh, and was just very involved with making sure my academics were there making sure that jobs probably there. He even helped try to get me shot, shot me out to the NFL because I was a long snapper. Oh, nice. I played center. I was center all four, started at center all four years, long snapper, and then junior and senior year played defensive line. So, which you could do in Division three. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then also to all our mentors, because yeah, some mentors I call coach. Um, so that was that story. But the funny thing is we added uh, a torpedo that was a – it's kind of like a bellicoso torpedo. I wish I had one to show it. Um, it's a five by fifty-four round. It's got a nice mouthpiece on it. Um, and I'm in Wooden Indian. I'm with and Todd Beisel's there, the whole staff. And I go, shit, I go, guys, I got a name of this Fatola. Like I got to keep it in certain line. I don't know what to call it. And but I just can't call it torpedo or bellicoso or whatever. I, I, it, it's got to be the line tells a story. Yep. And it takes up, it's a 10 over, they're 10 over 10. So they take up a little bit of footprint. He goes, why don't you just call it the Pope's hat, which I should know. And he goes, I, I immediately, MITRE, M-I-T-R-E, is what the Pope's hats, or the Bishop's yep. hats are called. So that's what we call it. We call it MITRE. That, now, I we've was gone so back curious to about that name. Tomorrow. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So, well, uh, I and I love that so you have first, stories and meaning behind even size, not just the name of the line or the brand, but down to the Vitola there's like a meaning in the story behind it. Um, that like, I don't know. Yeah, that, it's just part of that experience to me of smoking cigars and wanting to learn those little tidbits. It just makes it that much more meaningful, right? Well, to me, it's absolutely fascinating. I love to do it. And I think you put so much heart and soul into something in a brand that you never want to go away. Right. Um, you know, put the effort into it. You know, just like and, and a, lot of, a lot of brand owners and manufacturers do do that. Yeah. So um, it's not... We're not at a point where, like, trademarking does create some challenges. It absolutely does. Sure. We're oh, that name sounds cool. Let's use that. No, it's it's got a sound. It's got to roll good. It's got a. It's got to have meaning to it. I think so. Definitely, it's, it's important to. It's important to us. Absolutely. What when you're sitting down to make a blend, right? Uh, maybe you have them named already, or maybe you start with tobacco. Can you? Talk a little bit about your process in, in two ways. One, what are you looking for from a flavor standpoint in a cigar? Like, what does Mickey go into a factory and try and create? And then how do you come up with a brand name? Do you do brand name and then you go blend it? Or do you blend it and then assign a, a brand to it? Uh, the old days, we had we had stuff trademarked. 
So you had the names and you went and made cigars for those. To build that arsenal is very tough and very expensive. Yeah. And and if you let it overwhelm you, it will overwhelm you. Um, So for us, we're more concerned with the blends. Some of these blends I I come up with years ago. Matter of fact, this one originally had a Sumatra wrapper on it. Uh, And I went with the San Andres and then everybody at the show, everybody's talking about Sumatra wrappers. Yep. Yep. so from a blending standpoint, I think I've, t- I've talked about this before. Some people are like, well, I'm going to make what I like, and if I don't sell, I'll just smoke them, right? Sure. Well, <laughs> those guys are very successful, and that to me is like, well, you have a palate that c- connects with consumers. Sure. Right? Uh, you know, it's like when people say, like, it's only about money. Or money, it doesn't matter. It's only money. That's what rich, 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 rich people say. You right, know? right, so, right. Uh, you know, from, from us, from a standpoint, it's something I have to really like it. Uh, and working with unique tobaccos uh, is not is important, but it, it's the flavor profile. Now, the flavor profiles I'm going after, I don't really disclose, but it, it, it's in that range. And and then we take it to – we have our mini R&D team. That we have people – and you get the people you trust because some people are going to say yes to everything, and then some people are going to say no to everything. Somebody wants to look smart, they're going to say no. Somebody wants a free cigar is going to say yes. So sure. you get to a point. Uh, there's a trusted community of friends out there that, that look at that and, and, and that, that we believe in. But the funny thing about the trademarking and, and that issue was if you look at the St. Francis. So we're down, and this is a blend that when we were going for that style, you know, we're using a, a, on the St. Francis, we use an Oscuro wrapper from Ecuador, uh, Habano. It's got that really dark, rich uh, look to it. And we wanted something more meat than just medium. Medium plus, medium plus, plus. So that, that's why we went towards that. Anyways, we're getting to the blend and blah, blah, blah. I liked one blend. Frank liked the other one. Ooh. A showdown. A showdown, Mickey. Yeah, we're sitting in the factory. And I just, I, I, Frank, you want the fuck cigar? You got it. Done. Like, I didn't want to get an argument with my best friends. And, like, yep. all right, you got it. And he's been really working hard. Like, he's starting to know the tobaccos, and he knows the prime. He, 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 learning the process. So we get back, and we're like, hey, got, you know, we got to talk to our attorneys and start working on some names. So we got, we got four projects, and we only got one passed by trademark. Right. Well, it's kind of bad. We start... If we get a green light in the beginning, it doesn't mean it's going to go all the way through. We start it because of the amounts that we're working at. We can do a, if we get a cease and desist and we feel that we need to adhere to that cease and desist, we can do it and not get ourselves in trouble. Um, you know, what about St. Francis? Like we, we wanted St. Michael, uh, gone, San Miguel, obviously with Gurkha. Mm-hmm. It's not Crystal Ball with Ashton, gone. Um, so we really wanted to get a lot of saints. Now we have some names that we're coming out with that we're still saying in that genre, but fun and tell a story. And their story, their story can match up with us. So we get St. Francis through. So uh, I'm like, there you go. There's the name for St. Francis. So that's, so it was the blend and, and then the, then the, uh, then the cigar on that one. It doesn't always work that way, but you're constantly looking at blends. Right. And you might have a blend that you're going to take the market and will do well. But the timing might not be right for that certain that certain blend, right? So, and um, but I also notice in your portfolio you don't have any Connecticut's. Is that intentional? Is that something that you don't like smoking, or is that something that is a future 
a future product. I'm sorry, can, uh, did I lose you? What, what, what was the style you said? Uh, Connecticut's Connecticut Shade Cigars. You don't have any in your portfolio. Is there a specific reason for that? Yeah, the only reason is as we have what I call a blonde project. And the reason I call it blonde is uh, simply because of the fact that uh, we want that light wrapper, that Connecticut-esque wrapper. Um, It doesn't have to come from Connecticut Valley. Quite frankly, getting tobacco out of there is expensive and it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. uh, Because I don't know what the longevity of that is. Mm. Um, You know, so Connecticut style, yeah, we have one. We've got the blend. We have the name. We even got got finalized the packaging. We don't think we're going to see that until 2022. Got it. But it and is it is in the works of something you want to do. In oh, release. absolutely. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we want to do, a mild, I think, a mild, creamy cigar that's distinctive, uh, that people can smoke it at all kind of levels and go, that's an All Saints. Um, wasn't there, and then now we are there. Yeah. Uh, it's just we're, we're in the queue, so to say, because we would make that one in Honduras. Okay, cool. The Parisian factory. That has, it, so I'm still in the Rocky family. Okay. I, I'd imagine. Because I, I smoke everything in a sense. Right. That on strength, not just about body. I think we were talking about body at one point. Um, I, I want something all depends on my mood. Yep. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't like. Hopefully, we, I don't pigeonhole us with, with our blend styles. So. I, I'd imagine it's pretty. Um, I don't know surreal when you start to see a lot of people smoking a cigar that and cigars that you've made that you've spent a lot of time on and, and built and, and risked a lot on to launch. Does that, uh, does that ever get old? I mean, you've been doing your own brand for almost two years now, right? Yeah. And you see people online smoking them or you're in a shop or you're doing an event. What is, what is that part of being a brand owner? Like, like seeing people enjoy them. Nerve-wracking. Yeah. Every time. It's like anybody, you want to be on stage, and then when you're on stage, it's like, oh shit, get me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, because you you know you want to make sure that you're delivering a quality product. When you do that, you're you're you're, you're responsible for their response in the sense that for their enjoyment or what happens with them with that cigar, mm-hmm. they invested in us. They paid ten nine fifty to ten dollars to to spend an hour, an hour and a half with me mm-hmm. and our company, whether I'm there or not. And that can and time, time is valuable, you know, and for people that have time to smoke a cigar and do that, and they're picking up and smoking one of your cigars, you're responsible for it. You're, like, you're responsible for their mood, everything. Yeah. So it's exhilarating, but nervous at the same time. Yeah, I could see that. Wow. Is there, um, with Solomonte specifically, since everybody listening to this has had it or has one sitting in their humidor, I don't know if you're big into pairings or not, but do you have like yes. any big recommendations for Solomonte on like what you would pair it with? So the because I'm doing it with coffee right now and it tastes really great. Well, coffee like Jose Blanco uh, spoke to dedicate and he liked it from the start, but he has a certain espresso that he likes and he wants that espresso for him. But I think he's got one of the best palates in the world. He uses an espresso to help open up those those flavor profiles that he does. Um, everybody has something. I, I personally love that. I love Cuban coffees, but when I'm tasting, I don't. 
I don't yeah. want to do that. Destroys your palate. Could compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go through a lot of um, a lot of club soda, um, and a lot of baking powder. Just brush your teeth real quick. Is, the, is that your reset? Because I've been at some factories where they hand you unsalted peanuts, and they're like, "Here, eat these, eat these yeah, to reset your palate. Drink yeah. some water." I haven't heard baking soda. Yeah, and club soda, bubbly, anything. Yeah, baking soda for your breath, your teeth, everything. Just take your toothbrush, yeah. wet it in there, and brush. Your teeth. A dentist taught me that years ago. So wet toothbrush. Uh, Put some baking soda powder on the thing. Like in a little jar or something, and then yeah, dip it in. Tap it in there. Sorry about the background. No, that's all right. Uh, just tap it in there and, uh, and and then brush your teeth. Wow. Okay. Noted. That's a new one. Uh, we always try and yeah. I always try and share anytime we have that's people who blend on. When I go back to the hotel or the compound or whatever, I, I'll I'll do it back there. But uh, yeah. But in the factories, I want mountains of water, mountains of. Uh, Club soda or congasso, as they say, you're there because I, I think that for me is what I use. Yeah. Um, what, was there another question you asked me? No, there wasn't. But I do have I do have another one that um this is more of a maybe a life question, but something I always we always love to ask when we have brand owners on is and, and you, old boy and a guy came at the same time during no. the interview. I don't know. <laughs> and because you've worked with big names in the industry. Um, throughout your entire career. So I'm sure there's been advice or comments or things you've overheard or seen, whether it's working in Capitol Hill or in a factory in Honduras. Um, is there any pieces of advice that have stood out to you in your life as you've gone to launch All Saints and run a business that you've learned from other people um, in in your work life, whether that's in cigars or outside of cigars, that you use as like an ethos for what you do and how you build your brand? Yeah, I'm, I'm brain building. I, I'm still doing some of the same concepts that we did in the old days with John Huber. Yeah. Um, uh, the, your consumer is the person that you need to be aware about and uh, understand the conduit of how that product gets to them. Whether it's like somebody like you, retailer, um, are, are very important. The uh, other thing that uh, I would say, I guess, is that I said to. Uh, one of our investors, we have small investors, and he said to me, what's your plan B? And I go, I don't have a plan B. It's checks in the mail. <laughs> I'm all in. Like, you know, so double, double down. Um, I, I, I think uh, is best advice I ever heard was make the first pot of coffee in the morning and then be the last one to turn off the lights. Damn. But that's easy for me because I have such FOMO, you know, it doesn't work. I always feel like I'm going to miss something. Right, right. I need to leave that damn circle bar at like 11.30. Next thing you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I got to be back on the show for it in a couple hours. Right. Just yapping and talking. <laughs> so uh, when I was studying, uh, after I finished up my master's at Penn and I'm studying for the financial world, uh, a gentleman, uh, CEO for Lincoln Financial said that to me. I said, what's, what's the reason for your success? Yeah. He goes, just be, he goes, be invisible. Just be, be visible. He goes, make the first pot of coffee in the morning and turn off the light. Be the one that turns off the lights really. Wow. No, that's great advice. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I could see how that is all like when, when you're in this hustle mode too, right? With a, with a start, starting up a new brand, not like this massive team and Salesforce behind you. You also, you have to put in that work. Or else nothing happens, right? Especially in in in, in your case. 
is you're the one blending. You're the one leading sales. You're the one concepting new brands, new lines. Um, right. There's a lot to and be done. A lot done. of inspiration comes from talking to people like you, Invisible, like the miner. I mean, yeah. that, that's one easy example. Um, another one was a great one was this guy, Dr. Elko. He's a motivational speaker. And I get into that sometimes. I don't, whatever. He had a saying, and he was with the Alabama team when they were winning as a consultant to come in and talk to the players. His big thing was, and I tell it to my kids all the time, so what, now what? You had a great day? So what, now what? What are you going to do to have a second great day? Mm-hmm. You had a really crappy day. No way you could think you recovered. So what, now what? What are you going to do to fix that? Right. You know, it's like, things don't go your way, so what, now what? It's like, when that epidemic thing started and everybody shut down for about right when you days. launched right when we <laughs> launched it was like so what now what yeah. what are we gonna do to make it work you have to and there's a lot of established brands that really did okay during that period mm-hmm. um we could have used being out a year or two earlier <laughs> to be in that because the people that already had me in about 20 something accounts were moving my product yeah even when I wasn't delivering product for them, like down in D.C. and Northern Virginia, they were still selling my stuff. They were reordering during that that time. Wow. So, but yeah. So what now? What? Yeah. No, I I, li- I like that. I'm jotting that one down as well. What? Um. I know this is a question you probably get asked a lot, but I think it's always a good way to kind of wrap up once we sit and chat with somebody. Is is there anything? New. I don't know what you guys launched at PCA because we weren't there, but is there anything new coming up that you're about getting ready to launch or new projects that are in the works that you want to share um, to get everybody excited yeah, about? Well, yeah, so we have the dedication. Uh, it, it's still like new because it's not on enough shelves. It, and that'll be coming ends. to Cigar Club soon. Yes, and then the St. Francis, which you had a chance at, um, TPE. at TPE. And then we have two more lines coming out that we're referring to as Habano in Colorado. Uh, they will be out around October. And right now, the only reason that's holding it up is we're seeing, and you guys probably be the first to hear this, we're trying to put them in a 12-count box. Oh, cool. Make it retailer-friendly. Yep. Three rows of four. Oh, cool. And then a, a little, little, like, cube. Yeah, and, and, 12 is a meeting to us, obviously, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, and it's plus it's more than 10. It was like uh, yep. Spinal Tap. He goes, ah, see the stereo? It's got 11 on it. Why can't it just be 10? Because it's not. So we're 12. Uh, Zing. We're, we're, we're more than Spinal Tap. Um, and the Habano is going to be a lot. There's a blend that we did in Dedication. We moved the percentages around and put a Habano wrapper on it. Ooh. We call that Habano. Okay. On the St. Francis, and we'll get you all this stuff. Cool. Um, the St. Francis, is, or the the Colorado, is, again, we moved the blend around a little bit and used a really light wrapper Habano on it that has a really Colorado shade to it, like a risotto shade. Oh, yeah. Love and that. And we went the name with Colorado because, frankly, to the Air Force Academy, which is in Colorado. And so, oh, nice. and a lot of people aren't calling their cigars because, you know, rule of thumb, I don't like getting into referring to your cigar lines by wrapper, by wrapper style or, or, or origin 
or, or shave. Yep. So that's something that um. So the Colorado uh, doesn't have anything to do with it being like a Colorado shade wrapper. It, it's about the. It's about Frank. It's the shade collar. Yeah. It's a shade collar that that used to be used, that used to be used a lot. Yep. When I first got into industry, uh, the, the old Davidoffs is beautiful. They, they still are beautiful scars. Um, I loved it there. It was just I, need, I wanted to move on. Um, and you know they had a glass ceiling. Yep. So but that's a whole other story. But uh, and a good story. I, I loved every minute there. I mean, they did a lot for me in this industry. Um, but it was referred to that Colorado wrapper is is, is in reference to the color. Not the origin. Got it. Got it. So, um, but it has uh, a double meaning because of because of Frank as well. Yeah, which is great. We we, we like the double. Look at it's this. Like Everything's got a meaning and a story with All Saints. I love that. Yeah, like I just how love we got it. our name. How we got our name. The St. James Cross that we use on here. Yep. Right. Is and by the way, there's going to be a band change. That's going to be a solid gold. So that's Ooh, a tweak. Nice. It, this this that'll look concept, great. I, like, but it's, I think it's going to pop a little bit more. Um, but we're sitting there and I knew I wanted a shield from my Davidoff days, the old Dom Pignon that was made mm-hmm. in Cuba. I always loved shields. I knew I, one day if I ran, I'm going to use a shield. <laughs> and, and I was worried about putting a cross on there because went to Catholic university, all saints, like, listen, there's more people out in the world, but who cares? Yep. But the cross is, is, um, uh, James was the patron saint of pilgrimage. 20 years in the business, out for a couple of years and back. And also, the, he's the patron saint of Nicaragua. So oh, wow. So was, oh, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, that's a great name. Cool. Yeah. Um, no, there's, there's, everything's got a meaning. And, and that is one of my favorite parts, I think, about working in the cigar industry is, is, yeah, there's a lot of people that just throw fluff against a wall and, and it sticks or whatever the case. And that's how they name their sticks. But there's a lot of guys that, uh, every cigar takes you somewhere else and takes you deeper and you learn more about them or their family or the places that they travel to. And when I'm smoking a cigar and I know all of that info, it just, it transcends where you are. It becomes uh, a moment you can have with yourself that, that is still special. Um, so I, I just have so much appreciation for people like you and brands like all saints that go the extra mile, um, to share that and to let people, be a part of it. Um, and, and I know our whole team is so excited to have more all saints every single month here at cigar club and sharing those stories with members. We kicked it off with Solomonte and we've got several more coming down the pipeline that I know we have discussions going on this week about. So for everybody listening, there's a lot more coming from, from Mickey and his team at, at all saints. Um, but Mickey, thanks. Thank you for making time on your, on your time off on your, your rest. I'm sorry for all the noise in the back. No, it's okay. I, I honestly, there's only the weed whacker guy I heard one time, but we're golden. Um, you, uh, no, it's just, we're, we're so happy to have you part of the cigar club family. We'll do more of this next time you're in Cincy, which you we're need to plan. Too, so. We got more, we yeah. can shoot more video content. We can talk about new blends. We can smoke some new stuff and just share that experience where, with everybody involved. Um, where do you hang out in Cincinnati? Where do you, where do you go smoke? Uh, now, our office, but before we moved into here, OTR Premium Cigars, they're in Finley Market. Um, okay. They're a newer shop. And then um, there's the there's Strauss downtown um, yeah. that I'll go to every once in a while. Uh, and then my front porch has become kind of the, the spot in the summer. But front, between right, my front right. porch and here in the office, uh, we got I have some pretty great options. Um, 
So when people come in town, it's generally what we do. But yes, you let me know when you're coming in and we'll plan yeah, we'll plan some cool stuff around it. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and your website. Yeah, so uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, which we don't we don't spend much time on. Uh, try to spend more, uh, but Instagram and Facebook is at All Saints with an S Cigars with an S. Cool, All Saints Cigar. Uh, and our website is AllSaintsCigars.com. Beautiful. So we're pretty up to date with our podcast and the information on our blends and our stories. Um, if they're not, they'll be up soon. So we we really. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're getting caught. We're still getting caught up from the show. So, okay. Which is a good problem. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, you guys heard it here. Make sure you check out all saints. Um, and like I've said numerous times next, the next several times you open a box, you'll see one hopefully in there and, uh, you can enjoy these stories in smokable form, if you will, uh, from what Mickey and his team are, are blending up. Uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like this video, drop us a comment. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts, make sure you download it and like the podcast as well. Mickey, thanks again. This has been awesome. Uh, I've learned so much. I know everybody listening has learned so much about you and, and All Saints. Uh, until next time, Cigar Club family, uh, we will see you back on the podcast. Happy smoking. Happy smoking.